Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Big K Morning Show. Larry Richard, Marty Griffin is getting better, but is not back yet. But he appreciates all the well wishes and the people that have reached out. One of the things that we love about this town is we have so many firsts and we have so many accolades. And the latest comes with the Heinz History Center, voted America's Best History Museum in USA Today. And joining us, the familiar voice of Andy Masick, president and CEO. You hear him with our time capsules every morning. Andy, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you, Larry. And we are excited proud and honored at the Heinz History Center to be named America's number one history museum. I can't imagine how excited you must be. And I know how seriously and how passionate you are about this, the Smithsonian connection and the fact that uh, you have and your team raised the bar here. And it is such a treasure right here in our strip district. So when did you get the word and how did that go? We got it uh, just uh, last week, last Friday, and uh, the whole uh, team at the History Center is walking on uh, clouds. We have about 160 uh, staff people, curators and educators and uh, archivists. Uh, They work at the History Center and the Fort Pitt Museum and the Meadowcroft Museum in Washington County. And, you know, we've known that we've been doing good work and we love the appreciation that the Western Pennsylvania community shows us, but to be named the the number one history museum in America by USA today and all their readers, uh, that, that means a lot to us. I actually found out about it through visit Pittsburgh, which is a great resource. Even if you live here, you think, well, I don't need to visit Pittsburgh. I live here. Uh, they have some remarkable insights and, you know, they were touting how much this means, and it, and it will be an additional draw for the region. There's no doubt. Well, we, we love it when people bring their out-of-town guests to the History Center to find out why Pittsburgh is the way it is and why Pittsburghers are the way they are. And so it's often a first stop for visitors to our region. And uh, I, CEOs often tell me when they're recruiting uh, new people to come to Pittsburgh, they bring them to the History Center to sort of uh, figure out uh, wh- what this place is like. And uh, I do think it, it's a reflection of the people of our region because we're the people museum. Uh, that's, that's the way we see ourselves. 
and there are so many treasures inside that I, you know, I, I'm a fan of what you do. I appreciate the history that you have really brought to light, the special exhibits that you have. And I got to tell people there were a couple of summers ago when you gave uh, actress Jane Seymour a tour, who's British, obviously, and she had no idea of the British connection here in western Pennsylvania and all the things you illuminated. She walked away thinking, this place is fantastic. She was great. I, I so appreciated you bringing Jane Seymour to to Pittsburgh and to the History Center. And uh, she loved the Heinz exhibit. She loved learning about 21-year-old George Washington, how he established uh, um, a fort here at the forks of the Ohio, where our three rivers come together. And then she saw the first Jeep in the history of the world. And uh, she saw Mr. Rogers' original television sets, the studio sets. And she was blown away. And it, it made us proud that uh, she, uh, who is a world traveler, uh, thought that the Heinz History Center was something special. Yeah, she still talks about it. We're with Andy Masick, president and CEO of the Heinz History Center. So, Andy, uh, explain when I said Smithsonian affiliated, what that means in terms of what people will experience here at the History Center. So we have a contract with the world's largest museum, the Smithsonian Institution, uh, which has 144 million objects and specimens in its collections. And we get to borrow those collections and install them in our exhibits here in Pittsburgh. There's, Pittsburgh is a microcosm of the American experience. If you can understand Pittsburgh, you can understand America. So uh, we borrow things from the Smithsonian. Uh, we, we recently had the Columbia capsule that went to the moon in 1969. And that Jeep that I just mentioned, the first Jeep in the history of the world is in the Great Hall uh, here at the History Center. And so uh, we had this uh, wonderful partnership with the Smithsonian Institution that gives us access to American history, but then we see it through a Western Pennsylvania lens. Well, I know you're traveling. So before you go, though, give us a little teaser. What's coming up? What do you got going? We've got a great exhibit. Now, this, this title may frighten you at first. It's called A Woman's Place. A Woman's Place. But there's an ellipse there. A Woman's Place. Where is it? Uh, is it in the boardroom, the C-suite, uh, on the bench, on the battlefield, in the operating room? What is a woman's place? So we're going to look at 250 years of women who made history right here in Western Pennsylvania. And as I They're learned from later you, this month, including Rosie the Riveter, am I right? Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> <laughs> I got one right. Well, safe travels. Congratulations to you and your team. And we'll look forward to more coming to the Strip District at the Heinz History Center. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Larry, and thanks to all of Pittsburgh for naming us the number one history museum in America. President and CEO Andy Masick got the Big K Morning Show. Stop me up. All right, Samantha, let's give away some tickets as we get ready to welcome March on Friday. We have four tickets to the 2024 Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show at the David Lawrence Convention Center. That's March 8th through the 17th.
And we're going to send you the tickets, 412-922-1020. You pick a number. Ooh, what's today? Let's do 26. The, the days. Right, that's cool with me. It's it's more fun when there's more people, you know. Four one two nine two two ten twenty, family pack of tickets to the Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show. Ten to two. It's Colin Dunlap. Colin, by the way, the story that you brought to our attention, that documentary. About, oh yeah, that got a lot of attention. It really touched a nerve with Did you many watch people it? over the weekend. I didn't see it yet. Uh huh. The whole thing, but I am going to watch it. It's about this. Uh, Italian, really, it's an homage to this guy's dad, the right. Ferraro family, mm-hmm. immigrants, Pete. and the way they used reel-to-reel tapes to send and retrieve messages from around the countries was amazing. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, you have so many connections. You and Marty are very connected to the police in the region. I'm curious if you've gotten any feedback yet on the city of Pittsburgh's police procedures changes, schedule changes that all kick in? No, I just kind of poured through this myself, and I, I think we we can't kid ourselves. It's a product of a dwindling force and inability of the city force to hire enough people. So that's kind of like the first thing, and I saw that Schwartzwalder said that. but And that's true, and I think it's an effort from – Larry Scarato, Chief Scarato, to make the best of a situation. Like, like if if there were double the amount of police officers, right, it wouldn't come to this. So I think what Chief Scarato is doing is trying to make the best of dwindling manpower. So I give him credit for that. He's looking at a board essentially and seeing, well, I have X amount of people and I've got to deploy them here, and. 15, 20 years ago, I had double that amount of people, and it never would have been an issue. I do find it interesting. I'm not saying it's a fault, but I do find it interesting that you don't pull up to the police station and there's a police a policeman there all the time, that there's an officer there all the time. One of the things you're told is if someone's following you, if you feel not safe, go to the police station. Right. And now there's going to be times where there's going to be no one there. There'll be a blue phone. That'll be connected to 911. We have worked and pushed society to a point where we assume everyone has a phone on them all the time, which is a, a safe assumption 99.9% of the time. Right. So I, I'm kind of okay with that. But like, let's not kid ourselves that this is some forward thinking, incredible, uh, you know, novel idea. This is, I, at least in my opinion, Chief Scarato backed into a corner by not there not being enough officers anymore and he's forced to then move things around on the on the playing board yeah you they know? have 754 give or take and then 45 in the pipeline if all of them make it so you'll be near 800 at some point 22 officers though over that late night period where uh the chief says uh they get a lot of these false alarms and burglaries i think what has a lot of people anxious is to hear the police will not respond to certain calls anymore right but then you go and you dive into that a little bit deeper and you know like the parking violations and things like that you know there should be sworn officers of a different degree that aren't just tow truck drivers that or the the city should kind of like actually own their own tow trucks 
and not necessarily be – I don't mind McGann and Chester. Like, they are what they are, and it's great. But the city should kind of own their own towing force, and they should have the power to tow cars that are illegally parked as opposed to an officer having to take his time, his or her time, to go do that. You know, there should be right. a subsidiary or, or a secondary sort of force to do things like that. Well, I'm sure there will be fallout. Bob Schwartzwater, who is the president of the FOP, the union that represents the police, said he'll be watching very carefully. But are you for a four-day work week, 10-hour days? Yeah. I mean, would you do that three-day weekends every week? Certainly. And then I guess with special events like we next biggie is the St. Patrick's Day Parade, so they got to get a bunch of officers on overtime, I would imagine, right? Correct. They offer that out. Yeah, like I, I'm real big on like pay police officers whatever you can. You know they don't make enough, but it's hard when nobody wants to deal with now. It's problematic that too many people, in my opinion, see police officers as a bad person, and I think that Larry Scarato is trying to get people in the neighborhoods whenever you don't just necessarily see a police officer when it's a bad situation. And I really appreciate, and I think it's sincere in his efforts in doing this, which is the practical part, to your point, with the numbers they have, but it seems like they're creating opportunities for the officers to kind of detox from being on duty and have a chance to one of the things he mentioned was spend a little more time with your kids your families and a three-day weekend will help provide that i would imagine there's just not enough enticement for people to be police officers and part of it is the lack of respect that the public has for them be frank with you yeah all right i'm sure there'll be a lot of fallout what yep. else what else you working on what's what's on you know your what mind i noticed today? today driving in this might be a two-minute segment or whatever we either have way too many car washes or we wash <laughs> the hell out of our cars, like in the past two or three years. Every time that there's a new business going up, I swear, 60% of the time it's a new self-serve car wash. When did this happen? I don't know. They, they have the robotics, I guess, that make it better and better all the time. Easier. There's a bunch of them. The, uh, when you drive home today, pay attention how many car washes there are. There's one. There's a car wash for every car. <laughs> i you know then they tell you well now they have deals in some places where you can get them unlimited you go every day if you want i got them unlimited in my driveway and i got free manpower too with 13 year old twins how's that go goes get outside wash the car that used to be a big deal when there weren't many car washes back in the day well there's plenty now all right. It's 39 of them, I think, on McKnight Road. <laughs> Count them. <laughs> Colin Dunlap, 10 to 2 today. Thanks, Colin. All right. And every Monday at this time, we do check in with Brian Caranta, Secure Money Advisors. And, Brian, good morning. Good morning, Larry. How are you this morning? Good. Just a update. Marty is feeling better and better. Uh, it's going to be a little while till he returns, but appreciates everybody who has reached out and their well wishes. So thank yeah, you. Great to hear. Great to hear. All right, let's dive in. Uh, when we talk about retirees, managing taxes on social security benefits in and of itself is a great task. So Ryan, uh, where do we start? 
Well, I think a lot of listeners might not know that Social Security benefits can actually be taxable. Uh, just a little history for you. I mean, in 1935, I believe, Social Security was started. Uh, president Roosevelt was, I mean, uh, Roosevelt was the president at the time. And he said something very important about the taxes on our Social Security. He said, um, as long as I'm alive, you will never, ever, ever pay taxes on your Social Security. Um, the reason we pay taxes today is very simple. He died. And you have to understand how these thresholds work because we are coming up on tax season. Uh, it's right around the corner, and everybody's going to be dealing with this, especially those that are collecting their Social Security. So let's talk about it real quick. So the taxation of Social Security benefits depends on what's called your combined income. They also call it the provisional income formula. Probably a little bit too technical for all the listeners, but important to know. So this is going to include your adjusted gross income, non-taxable interest, and half of your Social Security benefits. So if you're filing individually and your combined income is between 25000 and 34000 Larry, listen to this, up to 50% of your benefits may be taxable. Oh. It goes up to 85% of your benefits being taxable if your income is more than 34000 And then, of course, for um, those that are filing jointly, these thresholds start at 32,000 and 44,000. So anything um, over 44,000 up to 85% if you're filing jointly. So big thing to understand and know because there are ways to reduce the taxes or eliminate the taxes on your Social Security. A lot of people are not familiar with those strategies. I do write about them in my book, Right Track Your Retirement, which again, you can go to righttrackpittsburgh.com and get a copy. So the game plan is to minimize or avoid taxes legitimately as much as possible on those Social Security benefits. Yeah, not only on Social Security benefits, but also on all the income that you're receiving in retirement itself. So, you know, the interesting part about it is when it comes to um, retirement time, uh, most people, if you ask them if their Social Security income is going to be enough for them to live off of, they're going to say no. So usually they're going to need to supplement it from some other source, some other savings. And usually that's going to come from a 401k or an IRA. The problem with that is that every dollar you take out of that becomes taxable. So now the question becomes, well, should maybe I delay my Social Security benefits? Right. Um, because if I delay my Social Security benefits, um, I can get an 8% increase for every year that I delay. But uh, I also have to take more out of my retirement accounts. And then which account should I start taking from first? Should I take from my traditional IRA, my Roth? Should I take from my savings accounts? And there's a proper order that you want to follow. By the way, I believe in collecting Social Security as soon as you can, because when I look at the math and you look at the average life expectancies, every dollar that you get in Social Security is one less dollar you have to take from your retirement savings, which allows you to preserve your money for a longer period of time. And for most people, Larry, the biggest concern is running out of money before they die. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think everybody listening is going, yeah, I hear you, Brian. Yeah, uh, right. I know. So I would imagine, you know, that's always the game. And, and that's why you really need to sit down and go through because everybody's situation is different with a lot of different variables, right? 
there's so many different variables. You know, I, you know, I had my ACL replaced probably about five years ago. I blew it out, um, you know, right in, in, in the woods uh, with, uh, with our uh, motorcycles. And, uh, you know, knee surgery is knee surgery. I'm sure there's, you know, some variables, but when it comes to finances, everybody's situation, the situation they have with their kids, they might be taking care of, uh, you know, their a parent, um, you know, they might be, you know, they might have rental property. So working with a financial advisor to manage investment taxes efficiently is key. And a lot of people are just working with financial advisors to put together a plan that grows their money, or at least they hope is going to grow their money in the period of time that they're going to need to grow it so they can retire. But strategies like tax loss harvesting can reduce taxable income, considering how to do Roth conversions can lower taxes. So working with a financial advisor that understands that, and, and whether it's secure money advisors, just go to a good fiduciary firm, Larry, that is willing to put together a written plan for you and that is willing not to charge you for that plan. When you, If you decide that you'd ever want to come to secure money advisors, we may tell you that you're doing things great. Right, we're not going to pressure you to do anything. We're looking to actually make your situation better. But if your situation's already great, how nice is that going to be to get that reinforced by professionals like there are here at Secure Money Advisors? But again, just get with a good fiduciary firm that understands this and get a good written plan in place. RightTrackPittsburgh.com. Get a free copy of Brian's book, a planning guide that will help you. Brian and his team will ship it out absolutely free and pay for the shipping and handling. It will show up in a golden envelope. Most importantly, it's a book that will provide you with a real plan. RightTrackPittsburgh.com. Ryan, enjoy the sunshine. We will. We'll see you again next Monday. Have a great week. You got it. Last night, it was the SAG Awards. And with the highlights, CBS. Well, it looks like the movie Oppenheimer will be unstoppable on Oscar night. At the Screen Actors Guild Awards this past weekend, the movie won the top prize for outstanding cast. Killing Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. won solo acting honors. Lily Gladstone, meantime, also making history by winning female actor in a leading role for Killers of the Flower Moon. She is now the first Indigenous performer to win a SAG Award in that category. Another highlight of the awards show was a special reunion of the cast of the 2006 movie The Devil Wears Prada. It's an age-old question. Where does the character end and the actor begin? Well, as we've just and seen, Marilyn Miranda Priestley are sort of like twins. <laughs> right? I don't think I'm anything like Miranda. No, no, Paisley. that wasn't a question. In a nod to the movie, Anne Hathaway was wearing the color cerulean. I don't know, Sam. What is what is that color? I'm colorblind, so um, kind of at a loss. I have no clue. I I know it's in the movie, but I forget. I think it's like a red. Well. The Oscars are coming next month, so this Oppenheimer. It's you haven't a, seen it yet? I have. I didn't like it, but that's, you know, hey. that's neither here nor there. It is what it is. If it's just you, not my, as, you saw it, right? Yeah. You didn't like Did you like it? Yeah. It was historical. As Marty yeah. said, it was a dog. <laughs> he didn't see it, though. I know. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.